Hello, beautiful. You are listening to episode 73 of the Africana Woman podcast. Chulu is my name. I'm a writer, self-branding coach, entrepreneur, and mentor. This show is the home of African women's stories. We share ideas, triumphs, challenges, and lessons from our perspective as women. Our library is a step to cementing our place in history. Her story your story is powerful. Thank you so much for tuning in. Welcome to all the new listeners and welcome back to the Africana Woman family. Listen, please hit that subscribe button if you haven't already or visit africanawoman.com to become an official Africana Woman visionary. This episode is brought to you by Concrete Pastures with Nancy Mulemwasisi, the story of an African immigrant. This is a podcast produced by Africana Woman Media. Our mission is to tell more African women's stories by helping you start and maintain your podcast. If you have a burning idea and are interested in launching a podcast, but you don't know where to start, contact us at africanawoman at gmail.com. Your story is important. On the last episode, we heard part one of Penelope Capera's story. If you haven't listened to it yet, press pause and go find episode 72. <laughs> it's okay. We'll wait for you, boo. <laughs> okay, never mind. <laughs> if you're the impatient folk, which would probably be me, <laughs> I will give you a quick synopsis on where we are picking up the story from. So Penelope grew up in Namibia with her single mother in her early years. And then from about 9 to 15 years, she was between boarding schools, family, friends, and relatives' homes because her mom had immigrated to ahead of her to the UK. When she did eventually join her mother, she was met by a rude culture shock. But at the same time, she found a lot of comfort in education. Now, as the first graduate in her family, she is currently working as an educational programs manager for a global nonprofit. So we are picking up the story here, reflecting on the impacts in her personal life, having grown up in a dysfunctional family. Here's the rest of the story. If you don't mind me asking, what has... I'm just thinking about, you know, the different types of relationships that you've been exposed to. Love relationships, because there's different types Ooh. of relationships, right? So, you know, first your your parents didn't quite work out. And then, um, you know, your mom met this amazing guy who whisked her away, knight in shining armor. And then you come here and you're like, mm, no, this night ain't really a night. This ain't shining. <laughs> this ain't shining, guys. We're dark here. What's going on? <laughs> Yes, girl. You know what I mean? So, you know, you, you see all these um, examples of what relationships are um, or, or, you know, could be. And do you think that has affected your relationships? Your, oh, yes, um, girl. Yeah. I've been talking recently with my uh, therapist about this. I was hell. <laughs> As a girlfriend, I was hell. <laughs> Thank God for therapy, guys. <laughs> like, 
I would advise anybody who comes from somewhat a dysfunctional home to seek help. <laughs> Listen, that you know when people put this whole love story of I met my guy and then no, there's there's some traumas, how you relate to the other person that really impacts you if you come from a background like mine. I didn't even go into depth. My dad growing up was an alcoholic. Um then my mom is a single parent. We had to then just live I lived with her. And because of the crazy hours that she was working, I had to wake myself up every morning to go to school since I was seven before she met my stepdad. I had to be responsible quite early because my sister, she was rebellious. I think she got kicked out of school at the age of 14 and she was just not supportive as because she was young you know she wanted she was living she was in her teenage years so my mom struggled with her uh, my dad is an alcoholic you know just tried it I was I, I, I felt like I, I was forced to be the good child and I felt like my mom relied on me so much to do what's right you know she showed me once how to cross the road and that's it and I guess I have maybe a good mind memory and I went to the same school to us to us 14, which is, I'm grateful for it because I think it was some form of stability. Even when I was getting in different houses, I still went to that same school. So that dysfunction, that not working out, and, you know, you're trying to keep it together because even when I was at school in the hood, I would get, I was a prefect and I would get certificates. And when my mom, obviously my mom can't make it because her hours were always irregular and I would expect my dad to come. That guy will say he's coming, he never came. So in a way, I used to have to have my friend's dad represent me or pretend like they were my dad for quite a while. So imagine you're trying to do the right thing and you don't even have that support and that person to just, you know, you meant to take pride in that. Now that I'm an adult and I'm trying to date, girl, <laughs> I got issues. <laughs> and I mean... I, I, and I say this today, like I had good guys. You know, they weren't all perfect. But I had good guys. And I think there was a level of self-sabotage. There was a level of, um, I'm, we're, I'm currently dealing with attachment styles with my therapist. I, I think I'm between anxious and fearful, avoidant or whatever it is. And only now I found out this week that, right. And I used to attract dismissive. So, it wasn't working because I would attract people who were in a way like, I don't know, you know, it's quite psychological, but whatever it is, I was attracting the wrong people. And it emphasized what I thought of myself, which was this wrong belief about I don't deserve, I'm unworthy. So it's very important that we know attachment styles. And that comes from my abandonment or feeling abandoned as a child because my parents weren't around. So I attract people who dismissive in the sense that for them, they're not emotionally intact. And they're not doing it on purpose. But then for me, it was that craving of like, why can't you tell me I'm good enough? You know, seeking for that out, outside validation. And when I don't get it, it reinforces what I already think of myself. So it's to me to have to change that, that programming. So you can imagine how complex and toxic that was. But thank God we moved away from that. <laughs> God is good, girl. But yeah, I was just, I think I wasn't an easy girlfriend because I was insecure. I'd always seek reassurance. And jump to conclusion. <laughs> uh, but I was then, engaged. I can before. see you going <laughs> like you're in like memory lane, like Lord. Looking back, like, <laughs> like the poor guy. <laughs> Yo. 
and I and was you feel like should well. I call them and just say I'm sorry just apologize like you know what you saw me I'm, I've changed I'm a different right. person now like honestly thank god for god. <laughs> <laughs> oh no guys no we should sit down and talk about this it's not good it's not good and the thing is what I said to my therapist that it was like it's out of ignorance Mm-hmm. I didn't even know that that was yeah. an issue. Yeah. Like, I honestly thought that's how you do it. Like, how else? To understand that just not knowing could put you into really, like, crazy situations, attract the wrong people. And my first uni boyfriend proposed to me. Mm. Girl, I didn't work out. <laughs> but so. Yeah, that's the story. <laughs> no, let's fast forward. <laughs> Wait, did you did you did you say yes? And then you, it I didn't said yes, work. but you know what? It was dysfunctional at that point. I think mm-hmm. it was it was at its end. But we kind of wanted to, you know, when you know that it's not working, but you want to cement it, and then you put gives you a ring, and then you're like, yes, but it's not gonna yeah. work because the foundation is actually not yeah. solid. And that's really what happened. And yeah, and I also met a narcissist. I did it. My last relationship was a narcissist and that's what got me into therapy. So girl, I almost died. I almost died. To sit here and look like this is the grace of God. He almost wiped me out. And I think that was a wake up call because I realized that actually the bogeyman does exist. You know, I'm quite empathetic and maybe too understanding. And there was a level of codependency and he took advantage of that. So that relationship almost killed me literally it's God that I'm here. And that sent me, like, I need therapy. I need, you know, and that's what I'm working through. Yeah. Who broke it off though? I had to, but I had to pray. I was like, God, I can't do it. I can't do it. Lord, give me the strength. And God really did. He showed me certain things that he was doing, which is just, I don't know if your audience is ready. Um, Girl, we're ready. We need are you to ready hear... for the thing? Yes, we are ready because we need to hear these conversations. Do you know what? These things are happening to people, but people are out here like, oh, it's only happening to me, you know, so yeah. nobody can relate. You understand? So I think to actually hear someone say it out loud that this happened to me, guys. And, and especially when you're talking about a narcissistic relationship, you know, there's a lot of gaslighting. So this oh. person is out there making you look crazy, making you think you are crazy, but you're not crazy. You understand? Girl, let's, I, but I actually went crazy. I actually mm. did. I think he was on another level because for him, it's, a personality trait is not just traits. Yeah. Cause you know, some people have narcissists. Yeah. You're, we're all, we're kind of all in a spectrum. That's his personality is NBD. Cause he introduced me to his parents. So the love bombing stage was great. I thought I met the love of my life. I'm like, Jesus, this is the man I've been waiting for all my life. Like, I've made it. Yes. Woo. Come through. Just, I was telling my friends, guys, I'm, I'm off the market. This is it. I've met the love of my life. And this is what, 2018. Introduced me to his parents. We used to go because he's like Scottish, so raised in Scotland basically. And we went to Scotland. We would go to Edinburgh. Met his family. We stayed there for five days. Girl, we would sit down for dinner on Christmas. I've never done that, as I said, my parents, you know. <laughs> so there's me like sitting down for dinner. Oh, this is lovely because <laughs> their parents' house was so nice. The mom is a nurse. The father's a lecturer. I'm like, 
Mm, these people are educated folks I gotta really bring my A game together they're like what do you do and oh I work for the BBC I was really happy to like show off you know <laughs> because where we come from like I didn't get I didn't, we didn't have that and the father was like okay we come and sit down in the living room and discuss our dreams for the coming year girl I said I have never hey. asked, nobody has ever asked me about my dreams and my goals not even my my parents don't even know what I did you ask them like drink something <laughs> To this day, they're like, we don't know. She's doing something in charity. We don't even know. Mm. <laughs> All they want to do is get the, the paycheck or support. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So they're like, just sit down around the table. Let's go around the table. Who's doing what for the next coming year? I said, hey. I went up since I started crying. I said, like, God, <laughs> this is all I've been asking for all my life. <laughs> Not knowing I was walking into hell. I thought I was walking into heaven. So all of that was fine. Fast forward, it started with small things. Like even at, I remember, I look back now at the parents' house. It's like, oh, are you going to wear those shoes? And I was like, why? What's wrong? I remember running down to his mom. Like, you know, he said, uh, my shoes are not cute. And then they were like, what? Why would you even listen to him? Like, let it go. Thinking, you know, that's, and that's so stupid and silly. But then it got more, you know, would go out somewhere. You'd be like, oh, why do you want to wear that top? And then. If I will, I'll be like, yeah, I'm still going to wear it. When you're out, he's sulking or he's giving you the cold shoulder. And then you're like forced to be like, okay, what's going on? What's going on? Okay. Like what's going And then the whole night is just your drain because you're worrying about that person and their mood. And it shifts from one, it's like a light switch. It's like you're running after somebody, you know, and it was so hard. Then what got worse, and this is me going into detail. And so it was a criticism the gaslighting, like you said, you'd say something. And then before they say, I knew you, you know, the, the way you always do this is whatever. And then you're like, when did I say, you start to question your own reality. Like you did that last time. And I was thinking last time, I never said anything like that. So you're not trying to defend yourself. Within defending yourself, he's actually smirking a lot because he's got you wrapped up because you're worrying about something that he doesn't actually care about. So it was actually quite demonic. I think the, the one time I saw was when, and then they, they triangulate. So they will always have a girl on the other side. So you start to question yourself whether as a woman. Because firstly, remember, I'm coming from a dysfunctional home. I already had low self-esteem, as I said, and issues with abandonment. <clears throat> My dad being an alcoholic and all that. I was not secure. And he knew that. So he, there was another girl that he was saying is his friend, but it clearly wasn't. They were doing stuff. Um, so he just either say something about that girl in reference that ugh, you're just so, such a jealous person or whatever, or you're just so insecure. And then you're, you're caught up crying and like, oh, what do you mean by this? Da, da, da? This person wouldn't have said that or done that. So then you're wanting to compare and live up to that. It was hell. I think where it started getting really bad, where I knew I should have laughed, but they would always apologize and they would shift. You know, so every time, another time we'll see each other, he would have probably booked a really expensive place I would go to and drive. And it always felt magical. Um, people say that it's like an addiction, you know. Um, it's the high of them being really good. And you want, you're always waiting for that moment. And then they will really like drop and make you feel so worthless. While you're at that nice hotel or whatever else, or that restaurant or wherever he takes you, you feel miserable. The whole night he would have sulked or made it about him or said that your top is not good or you don't look great. So you're stuck in this nice place, feeling miserable, unhappy. But, the, you know, I needed a relationship so bad. I wanted to be in love. I wanted somebody to care. I wanted, you know, and he played on that. 
it got so bad, girl, that he met up with a girl online and they met in a hotel, basically a prostitute, if you ask me. <laughs> and they did stuff. And girl, I stayed. And I I remember thinking, you know, because he had made me seem to be this holy, because his NPD was, this, he, he looks at women very different. Like I was this holy one. And then there was somebody who's very like just a prostitute in his eyes. And, they, you know, things like that, where they separate who you are. So, because with me, we'll go to church every Sunday. He had a double life. And certain things he didn't even want to do. So I thought this guy was like really put together. Remember, remember I said the parents were also doing well. I'm thinking, okay. And sometimes you'd be like, no, we shouldn't do stuff. And he's like, oh, this is a good guy. He doesn't even want to do certain things. At one point, I was like to myself, not knowing that he was doing all kinds of crazy stuff with this girl. It got worse. <clears throat> I remember I stayed because in my head, I was like, I started now to get like myself. I was like, ah, we, had, we were doing long distance. So I was like, it's maybe why he needed to scratch an itch, you know, lies. It got worse with the criticism and just feeling, like I said, we'll go to nice places, but I would just be unhappy. And it was draining me. I wasn't myself. I'm naturally like, you know, very theatrical. Like, this is me. And I was just drained, 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 unhappy. I couldn't concentrate at work. I wasn't... Yeah, I wasn't doing well. It was affecting my mind because I was questioning my own reality. And I started to pray. And I was like, God, I don't have the strength to leave this guy. Because we both knew. I remember I was sitting and I was like, why can't, why, can't, why can't you just leave? And he was like, why can't you leave? None of us would leave because it worked well. I'm Cody Bannon and he's narcissistic. So I feed his nonsense. We both couldn't leave. One time I was like, God, I really can't. He asked, he, was, he had an event in London and he came over and I said, today's the day. I'm going to risk it all. I'm just going to check, you know, the phone. Because I knew something. was. As a woman, you know, like there's something going on, but I couldn't tell what it was. Because sometimes you show me the phone and then it would be like, see, you're just insecure. There's nothing there. You're crazy. You're this, you're this. And, it. and then he would show me just some few messages. And that was true. So then I started thinking that, okay, maybe I'm crazy. Nah, and then already remember, I had my own programming in my head. So it worked well. Idyllic. The enemy was trying to take me out. <laughs> Girl, I found that he had duplicated his apps. You can apparently duplicate your apps on this phone. Hey, he had two oh. WhatsApp. Hey. Oh. <laughs> the one he was showing me was the one that was family friendly. Well, that was the, the holy one. The holy one. Uh-huh. The other one was he was swinging. Oh. Meeting up with couples. Uh-huh. Sis, I was with a whole sex making machine. I don't even know what he was. And my whole life crashed. I was like, what? This is the guy I talk about kids with. I've met his family. I'm sharing my life with him. You know what I mean? So to find out that he was swinging and meeting these couples, even like on the days I was, you know, I was not there to think about the dates. I was, and I've, I mean, I don't know anybody who's black who does that. <laughs> so it was also new to me. I was Girl. like, what the hell? Girl. And also thinking about, you, you could have got me sick, bruh. Like thinking about your own life, like the risk. Mm. Okay, wait, Penelope, first, you need to take us to, so he's come to your house. Um, and you're like, okay, I need to check this phone. You check the phone. And you know what happens in that? fingerprints. Uh-huh. What happens <laughs> in that moment, though? Because is it that you, 
you confront him straight away or or you're like i need to digest this or Bro. like uh. i started getting panic attacks i didn't even know what panic attacks were i only stopped getting panic attacks last year because of therapy i started having panic attacks it took me i went into a spiral i was like no i couldn't believe it because they were not just one woman it was a barrage like it was like a list like when who, when can i see you when can i see you it's like an addiction really and then the other couples when do we have this party again when it was just really weird stuff that you hear about in a movie or something you know what i mean and to imagine that this is a person who say who turn me down and say no let's not do this or whatever in my head i was like is he gay because if he's gay it's fine tell me like let's be honest and discuss because I would dress up since I would like look cute. And I'm like, I'm sure I'm not that bad. <laughs> Surely not. <laughs> you know, honest, not once or twice. And you're like, is it something on me? No. Because hmm. I know this guy used to be active. What's going on? To see that as a reality, I was just like blown away. Yeah, I think also the fact that it was maybe another failed relationship, in addition, that added to the stress. And yeah, how I was, I was just, I was frozen for a while. I was in tears. I didn't even think I had to say anything. He just said, you saw it all. And I just cried and cried and cried. He was just like, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry, but I have to go. And he just had to leave. And I was advised by my therapist at the time to go no contact, block. And I've blocked him for two years now. Never spoken to him since. You have to go cold turkey. That was hard. Yeah. Um, to not, I try to get some explanation. I lie. I did try and see him to get the explanation, but when you have the truth and the facts, now it's up to you to take responsibility. I can't hide behind. This could have been. This could have been. Maybe it's me. I saw it all because I was crying out to God as I didn't have the strength. And God showed me everything. So <clears throat> that was hard because there was a level of trauma bonding. We had yeah. shared things that were quite deep and i think that's why i stayed longer as well yeah. i was caught up in this oh that happened to you that happened to me too so you know well, let's make this work and become better people i was in that yeah. being by myself girl yeah mm. so yeah well thank god for therapy thank god for therapy thank god for god i know i was just gonna say that you know, like, <laughs> like we so grateful for god on the floor wailing not crying have you ever wept and wailed mm. not crying because mm. i've had heartbreaks this mm. took me out since i think it was the editly and this is the thing about trauma like it's another thing coming on coming on if you don't deal with it it just adds 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 and there's just that moment where you just snap and the person snaps yeah. so yeah. because it was all these added things from childhood he mm. was just the last thing i was like because i had actually taken time out maybe like three years, say, you know, it's like, I'm going to take a time to work on myself, not date. So when mm-hmm. I had met him, I thought in my head, I'm ready to be with somebody yeah. serious. And it looked matured relationship. You know, he was quite great at communicating, come from a good home, good looking guy. We had same interests, mm-hmm. go to church together. I mean, on paper, idyllic, when people saw us, oh, you're a beautiful couple. You start to buy into that idea as well. And as women, the fantasy, we talk about kids. He was always keen. You know, we were doing long distance and we're seeing each other every other weekend by default without questions or certain things he was doing. Yeah. To know that he had a whole different lifestyle. 
since I didn't cry, I wailed so bad that one time, I think the neighbors heard me crying so bad that they called the police. The police came to the door. And they started coming, you know, British police. Yeah. Like, oh. <laughs> they're like, is something, they see a black girl, right? And this is the white people. They're like, something wrong here. And we hear somebody's getting beat or something's there. I said, oh, no. And so we're going to have to go upstairs and look. I said, okay, go for it. They went to look, came back down. I said, are you all right? I said, I'm fine. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Girl, they closed that door. I said, wow. <laughs> <laughs> I laid on my floor oh. for months. And oh. nobody came to save me since. I had to still mm. go out and reach, get help. So mm. I know that the hand of God has always been on my life. So that type of heartbreak will finish you. Yeah. Heartbreaks are, are painful. Yeah. Okay, so where are you now? What do, where, where do you think you are, like, emotionally, mentally? Oh, no, sis. We've moved past that. We're ready for a new man now. <laughs> yes. We claim him in Jesus' name. Dear Boaz, where are you? Where are thou? <laughs> where are thou? I am ready, Lord. Send me thy son. Um, no, I'm ready. Like, I mean, post that I dated. And then you also realize that there's better men out there, girl. You can get oh, better yeah. sex out there. Mm, don't stick to one. <laughs> TMI, but no, there's, there's more to life. You know, yeah. um, sometimes yeah. we, we limit ourselves mm. because, you know, you want that relationship to work so bad. And maybe it's also big, high achievement, you know, as a black woman, as one well, African, there's a story yeah. we tell ourselves, like things have to work at this age and with this person, yeah. uh, you know, because there's a shame about community. You don't want to be seen as that one who didn't, you know, because I'm the one who's successful in a way. But where's my husband is always a question, right? So it was like, ah, this has to work. But come on, think some really don't work. You're not compatible. Some people are unhealthy. Some people are toxic. Let it go. You know, get the help though. Get get a good support base. Don't do it like me. I, I struggled so hard on my own. Um, but I also think God needed to get me at a healthy place because I was also not healthy anymore mentally. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't have been good for people around me. Um, so I had a good therapist who was able to just get me on track to start questioning my thoughts, like reprogramming myself. So, yeah. Yeah. Ladies, you've heard Penelope. She said, get help. Get, get help. help. Don't like, do it alone. Reach yeah. out. Don't do it alone. So it's like the last thing you want to do is shorten your own life because of what that man is doing to you. Mm. You know, it's not worth it. You have so much ahead of you. It's not going to be easy. <laughs> I'm not going to lie to you. But, girl, there's so much. There's better out there. There's better men out there. Like, definitely, honestly. Definitely. Definitely. Better. All right, Penelope. I know people are going to love you. So how do people find oh, okay. out more about you? Um, find out what you're doing? Because you are doing talks. You are speaking about the continent. Thank you so much, Julu, for giving me this opportunity today to tell my story. I love African women. I'm always looking forward to my weekly newsletter. Uh, it's kept me going. It's kept me rooted to just being an African woman in Europe. Uh, and I appreciate your honesty. I appreciate your transparency and also your need to grow. 
uh, your desire to grow. I think um, that's your superpower and it inspires me as an African woman to want to do the same. Where people can find me is I'm on Instagram. That's the only social media that I have. And you can find me on Penelope. So that's P-E-N underscore double A underscore L-O-P-E. That's my Instagram, Eddie. Here's the thing. I think we all go through some form or level of dysfunctionality in our lives, especially in our childhood. It does not help to blame our parents because they did the best that they could raising us with the tools and knowledge that they had at the time. What I really take away from Penelope's story is her superb demonstration of self-awareness. Of course, this has been accelerated because she sought help through a therapist. Now, what self-awareness does is two things, I think, which are really important. One, it helps you own your ish. (laughs) I almost said the other word. (laughs) It helps you own your ish. Yes, things happen to you, but what role did you play in that situation? In Penelope's case, she was with a narcissist, but she also acknowledged that he was able to hook her because she was also codependent. And having been through the type of childhood she had been through, it made her seek external validation. Now, I get it. Who wants to admit? Who wants to admit that you're codependent, that you attract attract dismissive and emotionally unavailable partners, you know, or whatever it is for you specifically? But... You could easily fall into thinking, you know, when you have to admit these negative things about yourself, it's easy to fall into thinking that, oh, I am broken. I have a problem. No, you're not. You were just programmed to believe something that was not true about yourself. And hence, your actions default to enforce that negative belief. So here's the second thing. Here's why self-awareness is also so important. It's because knowledge is power, honey. If you can catch yourself going down the wrong path, catch yourself talking negatively to yourself, recognize that cray-cray guy. (laughs) You know that cray-cray guy that you're always attracting. Like you can see him now like from far away. If you have that knowledge and self-awareness, you can stop yourself. You can break the cycle and do something completely different. This is what it means to break generational curses. I mean, it's great that Papa went deeper in his prayers for you, but you know, you also have to do the work by doing something different. Again, if you cannot do this alone, That's why God created therapists and counselors and all the other names that they are for them. You know, these are people that can accompany you on the journey to your healing. But babe, you best believe you have to do the work yourself. They cannot do it for you. So 
Let me know what you thought about Penelope's story. What are your main takeaways? You can drop a comment, leave a review, send a direct message or email. You can even do a voice note on WhatsApp. Our hotline number is in the show notes and let's keep the conversation going. In this community, we are the champs. (laughs) We are the champions of celebrating women. So I want you to find Penelope on Instagram. Instagram at pen underscore na underscore lobe to tell her that you heard her on the Africana Woman podcast and please let her know what did you learn from these two episodes. Now my playground is Instagram. Find me at truly by design. Tag me, tell your friends about the Africana Woman podcast and again leave a review especially on Apple Podcasts because that helps us spread the word about this show to more African sisters out there. Alrighty, talk to you soon. This has been a production of Africana Woman Media. Music